Welcome to the Diligent Woman Podcast, where Christian women let go of their guilt and step out in confidence by bringing God into every part of the day, learning by examples in scripture, applying simple principles, and trusting the Lord with it all. I am Angela Legg of thediligentwoman.com, and I welcome you to grow in grace and truth one step at a time. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Diligent Woman podcast. I am Angela, the Diligent Woman from thediligentwoman.com. And I am here today to share just some thoughts, maybe some tips on ways that you can be more diligent every day, uh, just as you go through your walk with the Lord and trying to be the Christian woman that God would have you to be. So one thing that I do believe women are very good at. Um, I think men can feel this way as well, but women are really good at this. We're good at feeling guilty. We are good at feeling guilty as though all the things that we do are the wrong things. I have to go clean the kitchen and I feel guilty because I am not better about my routine and I don't make more time to go do this thing or that thing. Um, if I was more organized, I wouldn't have to clean my kitchen so often, or my laundry would be better served if I did this better. Well, as a mom of five and a wife of over 25 years and a woman who has been alive well over 40 plus years. <laughs> all of these things will always need to be done. If you are blessed with life and you have a family, you get to eat. You need to eat. And so dishes are going to be dirtied. It's a sign that you have a family to care for. You are blessed with the means to have food, to dirty a plate. As long as you have life, and live here. God makes sure that you have your clothing and your shelter and those things need to be cared for. This is just a fact. It should not be a guilt on us. It should not be a weight that we have these things that need to be done. They're what God has given us to do. One of the things that is given to young widows over in 1 Timothy 5 is instead of sitting around gossiping and wasting time, Paul tells those widows to get married and to raise children and to be keepers at home. Be busy taking care of your home. You should not feel guilty because of those things. Okay? Now, is there some space for, uh, could you be a better servant with your time? Could you make more room in your day? to incorporate the variety of things that you might be capable of doing but may not be doing. That depends on you and your situation. Uh, I know in my life, in different seasons, I've been capable of doing different things. And I remember very much when I was a younger mother and had not been married, well, I hadn't been married 10 years yet, and I was constantly frustrated with myself because I wasn't doing so many of the things that the older women were able to do. 
they were able to go visit um, more people. Um, they were more ready with um, having everything they needed to prepare meals and all of those kinds of things, right? And I was constantly beating myself up for not being able to do what they were doing. But then as I was studying and as I was praying, I realized that I was having a pride issue <laughs> and that I also was being covetous. I was coveting what they had in the season they had. And at the same time, while I adored my children, I was, I was not content with my children in the season that I was in. I needed to learn that what I was doing right then was absolutely valuable. Raising our daughters, taking care of our home, working outside of the home for a little bit, doing what I could to bring money in um, on the side, and doing the things I could do to support the congregation the way I could. Having young three young children at home, um, living where we did, having the amount of income that we had, we did what we could do. And that was reasonable and it was fair because nobody was expecting all of the things that I was expecting of myself. Not even God. Those were things that I need to be able to do when they are mine to do them, when I can. Everybody's got different gifts that they bring. Everybody has different natural skills. There are some people who are better at sitting and listening. There are some people who are better at coming in and just taking care of getting cleaning and food done when someone is grieving. There are other people who are better at going out and running the errands. And there are some people who are better at being constant prayer warriors in a way that not everybody is good at that. If we look at the people in the Old Testament, Daniel is a standout because he went the extra mile of assigning to himself three times a day to commit himself to going and praying to the Lord. It's not in the law anywhere that they were to pray that often at those particular times a day. We have nothing written down during the exile that indicates that God added this to the law when they went into exile, that if they wanted to show themselves to be more spiritual, that they would set these times apart. This was something that Daniel was convicted to do. And he did that. But if we go to the New Testament and look at Jesus's life, his schedule was very different. His circumstances were very different from Daniel's. Daniel was in a very um, prized position as being an advisor to the king. He had certain duties that were required of him. He's also a, a slave. He's been you know, bought by... Um, by Persia and then tra you know, transferred through the through all these holdings in the exile. And he is here in a foreign country having to serve the way that he can. He isn't free to just leave and go make his life the way he wants to. This is what he has to do. And he did the best with what he had. Well, when Jesus is walking the earth, his circumstances are different. He is living very simply. He does not maintain a job during the time that he is doing his preaching and going out and giving his message. He is living on the benefit of others, other people sharing what he has. Their charity is what 
kept him going along. He lived in their homes, ate of their food, and when that wasn't available, they, he slept with his head on a, on a rock. Okay? Jesus' circumstances were different. And if you go through the New Testament, through the Gospels, you see Jesus prayed at different times. Um, he had, in Matthew 14, 23, when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. Jesus went to be alone to pray. Mark 1, 35. Now, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. So now, instead of going and praying until nighttime, this time, Jesus got up very early and went and prayed. He took the opportunities as they came to him. And we see he went away and he sent his sent the disciples away in Mark 6, and he departed to the mountain to pray. Jesus made time to pray when he could, when he needed it. There's other places that talk about when the people were pressing on him that he went away to pray. He needed to refresh his spirit. He needed to commune with the Lord, but he did not have a schedule the way that Daniel did. So I want to encourage you right now to let go of the guilt if your prayer schedule doesn't look like Daniel's. The woman in Proverbs 31, we've talked about her before in one of our previous episodes. I encourage you to go listen to that episode. She is listed doing all of these amazing things. But she didn't do all of those things in exactly the same season. For one, you don't grow a vineyard at the same time that you might be doing other things. Vineyard, um, creating, nurturing, growing, getting the, the crops from that, getting your harvest, and then selling your land. Those things are particular times of the year. She did that for its time. She bought it property used it and did that, and then she did some other things. But as you see her in a woman in an older season in her life, she has spent years acquiring the skills to make her the woman that she is in that season of life. She is a woman who has come to having, having maidens and servants who work for her that she has to provide for, that she has to make sure they have food to eat and that they have work to do. And she has to set that out. These are things that come in different seasons of our lives. Not every um, woman is in a position financially to have servants. Sometimes it, it, that may be something that if you work hard and you want to bring in an income so that you can employ others to take some of that burden off of you, but that's a process you go through. Rarely does that happen when you get married at a young age and are starting out in life. These things come later. So we need to quit carrying the guilt that we don't have all of the things available to us that somebody else has. The other thing is, is you also need to remember all of the things that you have, there is always somebody else who's looking at you and thinking they don't have those things. We always have more than somebody else. So be thankful for the things that you have. Be thankful for the children who need your attention right now. Little children need your attention. Your husband needs your attention. There may be some day that is an older person or maybe not even an older person where you have lost your spouse 
and you no longer have that one to take care of. Every widow I know, they will tell you that they wish that they had that spouse to care for. But it's a different season now. You can do different things. You just can't care for that spouse because they're not there. For now, your children need you. So this guilt and shame that we carry then feeds into doubt. Am I doing the right things? Am I pleasing to God? Because my time is always taken up with all of these things. Well, as you're looking to add prayer and Bible study to your daily walk, I would encourage you to study specifically what kind of things God expected women to do. What examples do we have of women? We have young single women like Rachel, who worked as a shepherdess and everything that went along with that. Protecting the sheep, gathering the flock, getting them to good feeding grounds, bringing them in, watering them, being responsible for them, getting them to be um, to the shearing when it was time for that, sorting them out, making sure they're healthy. She was a shepherdess until she married. And then when she married and went with Jacob and Lee, or with Jacob and with Leah, she did different things. But she worked for Laban as a shepherdess. That's something that takes time. Working's not a bad thing. Lydia in the New Testament, this woman is a seller of purple. This is prized material. It's expensive and it's hard to create. The dyes are hard to come by and then hard to get to set into fabric. This is hard work. She has created a business where she is known as a seller of purple. And yet she found time to be by the river and praying with the other women in her town. She did what she could while she was doing all the things that were required for life. Paul shows up, teaches them all these new things. She becomes a Christian and she also invites them into her home. She's hospitable. She's ready for them. Shows that all the while she's been living like a Proverbs 31 woman. Her home is ready to bring in strangers. She's ready to feed them. She's taking care of those who work with her. She is providing. She's working a job. It's not wrong for you to have tasks throughout your day. God's given you tasks. He's told us to be workers. He's told us to be servants and to serve other people. So stop feeling guilty because you have those things to do. Stop looking at the grass on the other side of the woman who has all this time to work for charities and to do all this. You don't know what her life is. You don't know what goes lacking in her life for her to be able to do those things. You don't know what benefits she has that allows her to do those things instead of other things. And you don't know how much she feels guilty because things go undone. Stop looking at everybody else's world and look at your own. Let go of that guilt. We are told in Galatians that we are supposed to be free. That we are daughters of Sarah. We are meant to know that we are free. We are heirs with Christ. In Galatians 4 and verse 1, 
Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. We are free, and we are heirs, and we should behave that way. Not with arrogance, but with humility. Having ourselves under control and realizing we are here to serve because that is what Jesus did when he came. is to serve. And so what ways can you serve? The woman in Proverbs 31, the widow in 1 Timothy 5, showed us that service looks like many, many things. It's these good works that God has given us to do. And those are good places to start in your study. See what God actually expects of you. Go to Ephesians chapter 4 and chapter 5 and study about the walk that you are supposed to be walking and what that looks like. What are those things that you're supposed to be doing? What things are you to not do? And give yourself a good understanding of what God wants from you. And then stop putting more on yourself than God expects of you. God is merciful to us. He knows that we are but dust. He knows our struggles. We are told in Hebrews, he understands. Jesus understands because he is that high priest who is different than the others because he's been through everything that you've been through. And he can understand not only is he making intercession for you but he is a high priest who understands what you're going through god created you he wants you to reach out to him he wants you to pray without ceasing but he wants you to take care of your children that means there's time for all of it and you just need to make sure you're making time for it Sometimes, as a mother with very small children, praying comes while you're nursing, or while you're cooking, or while you're sitting next to their crib while they're trying to go to sleep, and you're praying in those times. Sometimes it's when you're up in the middle of the night feeding them, and you're praying to keep yourself awake. You're talking to the Lord while you're taking care of your child. I would often actually whisper out loud, praying, while I was taking care of them, because it would soothe them. It would soothe me, but it would keep me awake while I was taking care of them. We need to just use those things and not make them like they're small. <laughs> we need to accept them for the gifts that they are because they are the worship that we can offer to God from where we are right now. When you are putting your children in the car, whisper words of thanksgiving for having the means to have a car, for having precious children who need to be looked after, for having places to go, the means to put fuel in your car. You have prayed to God, you have acknowledged him, and you need to understand that that is a good thing. 
Another thing to also realize is that you don't need to feel guilty because you need alone time. As we've already read, Jesus took alone time. Jesus was here. He's God. He was man. He needed to be alone. He needed to refresh. And if Jesus needs to go and refresh himself and take himself away from other people, absolutely, it's reasonable that you're going to need to do that too. So figure out how to do that. Figure out how to find your quiet time. One thing my mother always told me when my children were young was to rest when they rest. Nap time is gold <laughs> when your children are young. Even if they won't sleep, I had one who was not big on sleeping. But every day, the same time, I had her lay down. They all had to lay down for a set period of time. They didn't have to go sleep, but they had to be quiet and had to stay in their bed. And that was usually at least a two-hour window. They Most of them usually ended up falling asleep, and I would get much more than that. But that two-hour window, I didn't go frantically scrubbing the baseboards I might would fold clothes, but I would pray or do quiet things while I did it. Um, oftentimes I would read. And in those early days when they're infants and they're eating all the time and you got diaper changes and we had our first two 15 months apart. So there was a lot just kind of going all the time. I napped when they napped. And I got the other stuff done when I could because there will always be laundry. There will always be dishes. There will always be work to do. It's meant to be that way. So don't begrudge the work. Just put it in its place. Some things have to take preference over that. So if study time and prayer time are something you've been feeling guilty about because you don't have enough, take a look at your calendar. See how much time you're spending doing things that are not necessary. And see if you can't find the time. I have, a, I have a handy tool uh, called a diligent um, time plan where you can actually work out like a budget for your time. And I'll link to it below under this episode where it helps you to walk through and see how much you probably really do have time because how much time do you waste doing things? Social media is just a time suck. It just absorbs it like a vacuum. For, before you even blink, you have been on social media for an hour. And that's time you could have done other things. So schedule that time intentionally. Set timers and make choices. But overall, let go of the guilt if it's just guilt that you've put on yourself with expectations that no one else is expecting of you. Don't ask more of yourself than what God does because he asks for what's good for you. And what he's lined out for you is more than enough. Don't let the world put more on you than God has. Don't let the world tell you that you have to do all of these things in this exact way. And certainly don't let anybody else tell you that if this is the only way that you can do those things the way that God tells you to. When it comes to raising your children and caring for your family and your husband, you need to understand what God's will is and apply it to where you are. And nobody else is going to do that as well as you. I want to encourage you. Stop feeling guilty. 
Stop having these doubts because then it makes you not do the things you're feeling guilty about. You doubt that you can come before the Lord in prayer because you don't know if you can give him your mind clear and you can do it just right because you've been busy and you can't think and so you don't pray. Well, now you feel guilty again because you didn't pray. Stop it. Just give God your time where you are. And as you can, evaluate your time and make choices instead of letting your schedule control you, be in control of your schedule. Proverb after proverb talks about making a plan and putting first things first. We understand about budgeting our money. Budget your time. But do it so you don't carry guilt that is not yours to carry. There's enough. We do enough things wrong that we are guilty about that we need to ask forgiveness for. But then once we've been forgiven, once we've asked for that and we trust that the Lord forgives us, we need to move on like we've been forgiven. Even when dealing with consequences, we can still behave like we're forgiven. We need to quit carrying all this guilt. It doesn't make us better Christians. It holds us back. So look at your schedule. Find the thing that's weighing on your mind. Is it something that you are in control of? Is it something that you could be doing better? Do you need more prayer time? Do you need study time? Daily study time is absolutely beneficial. Doesn't have to be however long your neighbor next door does her study time. It counts as study time if you have read a scripture and you spend all day thinking about one. It's study time if you have written out a handful of scriptures and you think about those all day. It's study time if you looked up a verse that is something about parenting and you put that on your list and you read it and you wrote it out, put it on the fridge so you can be reminded every day to be a parent the way that God was a parent. That's still all meditating. It's all studying. It's all digging in. You can do more when you can do more and you will be a good judge of that. So we can talk about that more and get into particulars about that. You're always welcome to make comments or email me if you have questions about things. You can send questions to Angela at thediligentwoman.com and I will do my best to answer them either via email or maybe even on the podcast. Um, anytime you can send those. But I want to encourage you because God's word is meant for you to understand. Open it. Find what he's asking you to do. And don't put more on you than he's asked. Be truthful with yourself. Be fair. And make sure that your pride is checked at the door. And that you're not putting all these things on so you can run with everybody else. The Joneses and the Smiths and the Adams. Just be what God wants you to be. That's all he's told you to do. And he's given you a book full of information to make that simpler for you. Lots of knowledge to teach you how to do exactly that. So dig into it. Read it to your little ones. Whatever scripture it is you're working on, read it to them. Read it while you're nursing your baby or listen to it on an app while you're nursing your baby or feeding your children their, their lunch. Play it. If there are um, hymns that go along with the idea of what you're trying to Remember, if you're wanting to pray more, find hymns that are that glorify the Lord, that come from the Psalms, and play those. Listen to them. Sing them with your children. Teach them to your children. 
There's lots of ways you can incorporate glorifying the Lord from the time you wake up until you lie down again, just like he told you to. And it doesn't have to look like anybody else's routine. You can do it. I'm going to leave you with that for today. And my hope, as always, is that you will grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and that you will have abundance in all things. But as your soul prospers, that's the focus. That's the important thing. And but it take it one day at a time, always striving to do better today than you did yesterday. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining me today on the Diligent Woman Podcast. Please subscribe to be notified of new episodes and share those with your friends. Until next time, enjoy.